the important thing about working with Sagebooks, other than money, which was great, uh, is that it gave me confidence. It, it was a very good object lesson in like, hey, you idiot, you could have had this maybe a year or two earlier if you weren't such a punk about it. It was very good in terms of like, hey, you, did, you don't receive because you did not ask. You're listening to Chief Executive Ante, the podcast exploring the work lives of Asian Americans beyond the conventional doctor, lawyer, and engineer. I'm your host, Jennifer Duan Fultz. Welcome, everyone. My guest today is Virginia Duan. No proven relation to me, although our personalities, as you will see, are suspiciously similar in volume and attitude. (laughs) Virginia is a writer, blogger, and bilingual homeschooling mom of four based in the Bay Area. Welcome to the show, Virginia. Thank you for having me, Jennifer. So tell me a little bit about, tell me what do you really do? Uh, I really just yell a lot at my children <laughs> and, uh, and occasionally do work in the meantime. <laughs> yeah, that's a, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm really on the phone. Apple tells me that I'm on it like less than I was before, but it's about 13 hours a day. I'm not quite sure if any of it's actual work. That's, that's what I really do. Close enough. Yeah, yeah. So what kind of writing do you do? I write a lot of first-person narratives that either make you laugh or cry. Um, that's the kind of writing I like to do. But I also do a lot of social media writing and uh, SEO blog, SEO article writing, um, and I guess writing about Chinese curriculum. I, I did that for a long time. I don't mm-hmm. quite do that as much now. Um, and that sounds as exciting as it is. <laughs> Well, that was kind of how your writing, was that kind of how your writing career started with Mandarin Mama? Uh, Yes. So Mandarin Mama is my blog and uh, I wrote on it for about a year or so before I even cared about writing about Chinese stuff. And that's, and it's only because Mandarin Mama is just a site where I write whatever I want. This is my blog. Uh, And then I started like more specifically teaching my kids Chinese and there was a need for it because all the other things about teaching your kids Chinese were run by like white people curriculum. Right. Like, right. It, I'm like, okay, that's useful. <laughs> and uh, I mean, I'm sure it's useful. That's, that's what they sell. But uh, so yeah, that's that's how I started writing about it. Uh, and then after like a year and a half of writing posts, I not only about that, but. Uh, I turned those posts into a book, sold that book, and, uh, but yes, I guess that was a very long answer to yes. <laughs> <laughs> did you self-publish your book or did you get a publisher? Oh, I self-published. Okay. One, because I'm lazy. Two, because I don't like rejection. And uh, three, I don't really see why you would need a publisher for that type of book. Sure. Right. Sure. Uh, what was the self-publishing process like? Um, I, don't, I don't really remember because <laughs> I was so hugely pregnant with my last child. And 
also pregnancy and had my last child. Pregnancy amnesia and postpartum amnesia, such a thing. Yeah. Well, I think it's the way you can perpetuate the species because otherwise you wouldn't have more. Yes. Um, if you actually remembered what childbirth and recovery and pregnancy is like, nobody would ever do it more than no. one. No. The humiliation alone. Um, I'm pretty sure the last pregnant, the last time I had a baby, um, my husband watched a nurse squeeze poop out of my butt. <laughs> and is that why you're done having children? <laughs> <laughs> that and the four other children. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What, what um, information should we edit that out of the podcast? I don't, I don't care. <laughs> it'll be fine. It'll be fine. I mean, you wrote it, you wrote about it in Mochi, so it's okay. Oh, yeah, I did. I did. Yes. Oh, by the way, everyone, Virginia is also on staff at Mochi Magazine with me. So we have a great time terrorizing all of the 20-year-old staff writers about <laughs> what they can expect. Well, my favorite part is how, you know, how you, you make it seem as if you're my age, but you're like a decade younger. <laughs> hey, auntie is a state of mind. It is not a number. That's all I have to say. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I anteed one of our mutual friends, Chris. I anteed him for like a year and then realized he was like five years older than me. And I was like, sorry, sorry, Dr. Peck. You're much more highly educated than I am. I guess I should learn my place. But um, anyway, so going back a little bit to tell me about your decision to homeschool your children, not just homeschool your children, but homeschool them in Chinese, because that is wild to me um I mean just don't follow my footsteps and make bad decisions that's really <laughs> what it is um honestly there's there's three main reasons why I homeschool um one is to retain the language um and that comes out of a space of rage uh because my children are are mixed so they they're I guess they're half Chinese for me I know we don't like those terms, but I don't really know how to like explain it. <laughs> and and uh, my husband is uh, half Japanese, half German, Frenchish, and uh, so my kids. People aren't really. I feel like people equate fluency with like how Asian you are, how Chinese you are, how whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously that's not true, but. I did not want to give anyone any reason to say that my kids aren't Chinese enough um, or American enough or whatever. So I said, fuck you. And my kids are going to be like better in Chinese than any other person in the world. I'm just reading this book. And how is that going? (laughs) And uh, so... So yeah, so one reason is I wanted to retain fluency, and as soon as you go to school and are in school for, you know, all your life, your your fluency is going to drop, which for obvious reasons, I'm like, you can't help that. So I did that, and then the second was because I don't quite agree with the things schools teach, um, and probably not in, what, in the way people assume that I would, it's, it's, it's uh, too white. <laughs> it's okay. You can say that. Right. All right. All right. Well, I mean, 
I mean, I'm not saying math is white, but like in history, mm-hmm. I, I remember in seventh grade, like world history, I was really excited because we learned about China finally. And it was like, it's like a 5,000 page history book or whatever. And I had literally four pages on every other culture other than European history. That, that was the, they had like a half page on Africa, half page on Japan, half page on China, and half page on Latin America. <laughs> there you go. That, that was our world history in right. 1992. <laughs> I remember in sixth grade, social studies, we had like a Middle Ages festival and then, or sorry, the Greek and Roman festival first, and then the Middle Ages festival. And I'm at home like, how do I dress like a Greek and Roman person? Like, this is not part, this is not any, first of all, this is not part of anyone's heritage in this classroom. This was Columbus, Ohio. There are, (laughs) but anyway, whatever. And yeah. And so, and I was just like, I'm like, when is, when is the Chinese festival? But I know there isn't going to be one. Um, yeah. I, I totally resonate with that. Um, I think especially as I've gotten older, I, and I look back on my education, I'm like, well, gee, no wonder I thought I was white until I didn't, not literally, like I knew I was Asian, but I didn't, I didn't have an identity in that until I was out of college even because nobody talks about any of that stuff. Oh, right. Totally. totally. And yeah. And the final reason is, um, I have like mutually exclusive beliefs of, you know, children should be free and unscheduled and have fun. And no, children are sponges and you should shove as much stuff in their brains as possible because, you know, they're, they're so elastic and agile, right? Like, so I realized that I would just never see my children except through the rearview mirror. Unless if like, you know, we cram. So yeah, homeschooling solves a lot of that. Now I see quite a lot of my children. <laughs> Yay. So walk us through a typical homeschool day. And if your, if your work fits into that, you know, kind of talk about that as well. Okay. Um, this is not a typical homeschool day because I'm up so early. <laughs> yeah. uh, but normally, I, thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, but normally I, let's see. So my children are older. This was not the case when they were, when we first started homeschooling. And this was not the case even like two years ago and kind of last year. So typically, my children wake up before I do because they're assholes. And, um, and so I've made a new rule this year that they have to finish, this is in South Chinese, they have to finish their, their piano practice, and then they have to finish, um, all, basically they have to finish all their work before they can have screen time, or like lunchtime hits. So like, So they have to do all this stuff. So, what do you play? I don't care what they do. It doesn't matter to me. Just please don't wake me up. <laughs> don't wake me or the baby up because... That will be bad. Right. Like, we've discussed this, children. You, you know who I am. Please don't do that. <laughs> so, so yeah, they, they usually um, play or do... They, they do definitely play piano and do reading and all their homework. 
for as much of it as possible. And then I come, I come strolling downstairs around like nine. And my husband's like, what the hell? Uh, so I, I come downstairs around like 8.30 or 9. And if we have places to be, like, it's just, we homeschool, so we have, have a lot of classes, like mm-hmm. co-op classes. or And the baby is like almost three, so he has preschool. So take him to classes um, or like art classes. And then depending on... I mean, they're pretty much self-motivated because they want that screen time. And um, how old are so they? Now, hmm? How old are they now? How old are they? Um, <laughs> one's turning ten in like two months. One, the uh, so he's turning ten soon, and then my daughter is turning eight in like two weeks. Um. My third kid is a boy, I'm pretty sure. And um, yes, I have three boys. <laughs> How many children do I have? Uh, yeah, he's he's six. And then the last one is turning three at the end of October. So it, it's always tough with the ages around the fall because I feel like it's misleading people if I talk about my kids. They're like, everybody else sure for their age, but it's really because they're almost the next year, right? Right, right. So yeah. That was really long, sorry. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's fine. Um, so when do you work? <laughs> oh, right. Um, so social media stuff is pretty easy in the sense that it's not um, it's not like the highest brain power. And I don't mean this in an insulting way. I just mean like it's a task. You you schedule things, right? Like, yes, sometimes it can be hard to be like, what? quippy, smart thing can I say to introduce this blog post for somebody or like promote this thing for blah, blah, blah. But in general, that's a different type of, it's not a, like a, oh my, for me anyway, for me, my brain doesn't require silence and, and boba. <laughs> but, um, so I, I do, I try to do things that I can do with a lot of distraction. So if I, yeah, so like social media posts, I try, I try to like update my content me portfolio. Um, freelancers, if you do not have a content me portfolio, you should get one um, because it's free. Uh, and basically, it's for all the stuff that you don't do on your own site, right? So I, so if I'm a freelance writer, so I am featured on a lot of different sites. A lot, like I'm on like thousands, <laughs> like five sites, <laughs> and um, but I don't care. It doesn't matter if you're paid or not, right? Like it's stuff that you've done for other people, and then so you put your link on there, and then you can choose like what skills you highlight with it, and so it's it's really great. And then and not just for other people to go to. Like I have a link to it on my site um, to go to my con- content link portfolio, but it's good to remind yourself. Oh yeah, I've done things. You know, like, oh, oh, I'm right. I did write because I thought I don't have a lot of things to put. And then I realized, uh, excuse me, I wrote eighty plus articles on Chinese stuff. Like, yeah, because you had that partnership with Sage Books, right? Mm-hmm. Would you tell for us a year bit? and a half? Yeah, can you tell us a little bit more about that. Oh yeah, so Sage Books is a Chinese curriculum that I use. Um, that I use. Uh, I paid a lot of money for it, thank you. Um, and I started it like four or five years ago. 
so I wrote about it on my blog because I used it and I liked it. Um, I try not to talk about things I don't like on my blog because I feel like that's rude. Um, like, unless it's like, and it's also confusing. Like, if somebody comes in looking for information, they're like, oh, all this says is that it sucks. Like, that's, I mean, that is useful, I guess. But, <laughs> but yes, it is also rude. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so I had written, written about stage books just on my own, and I talked about it a lot. And apparently, their sales went up a lot between me and another blogger, um, my friend. Um, did I just say that? Really um, <laughs> she writes a lot about Chinese stuff. She's like amazing. And uh, so between us, we've sent on a lot of sales. And then for like three years, I was like, I really need to contact Sagebirds and like maybe they can do a sponsored post or something. And and I was just so scared. I was so scared because um, they were like my dream company. And then I just didn't reach out because I have like no balls. Which literally is true because I'm a woman. And um, a, a cis woman. Okay. <laughs> so, um, and so and then one day, uh, one of my friends who uh, was really excited said, Hey, you know what? I have a special for speech books. I read, and, you know, it's doing really well. And I was all excited for her. And then, and then, then I was really jealous. <laughs> I was like, What the hell? Like, she's. She just started blogging about Chinese things. Like, why does she get a thing with stage books? And I was, and this was like at like 10 or 11 o'clock at night on like some random night. And I was like, super, like, you know, you know when you're just like, yeah, when you get like super jealous and you don't want to be, or maybe you do, I don't know, but I didn't want to be because A, you feel shitty. And then B, this is my friend, right? Like, which, who I was happy for you know, but not happy for me. And so, so I was like, hey, how did you like, what contact, what special fancy email contact person did you, did you talk to? Or what, what did you do? Like, did they, she's like, oh yeah, I just asked them. And I was like, motherfucker. So, so I was like, okay, well, I can either like be pissy about my friend having like, gone after something she wanted or I can do that also <laughs> so, and, and that was a very transformative um, thought process um, yeah. I mean I, I've tried to do that over the years anyway but like it was a very big thing in my brain so the next day or so I pitched them and they responded like yeah we've heard of you we really like you um, would you like to work with us? And that wasn't that easy. <laughs> you know, it was. It really, it really was that easy. Hey, I was like, hey, I don't know if you've heard of me, um, but I'm thinking about you guys here and here. I mean, I, obviously, I, I, I sent them like proof of my work, right? Like, I sent them to links that I had um, written about them in the past, and I talked to them like, you know, and, and I had an idea. I wasn't like, hey, let's just be friends. Um, I said, you know, I have a third kid who's about the age to start stage books. And my other two, they had already known a lot of characters before they started. So it's not quite as good of a representation of how good the curriculum is, right? Because they already knew stuff going in. The, the curriculum is like teaching the top 500 
um, most commonly used characters in Chinese in children's Chinese books. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's slightly different than like, Chinese overall. Uh, so I was like, hey, my third kid is almost a blank slate. Let's try it on him. Do you want to pay me to like try it on him? And they're like, okay, we'll pay you to try it on him. And so we started off with like a three-month um, trial period. And after three months, which, and I, and I, um, I started early. So I did like, I guess technically pro bono work, but um, I guess it's pro bono if it's not benefiting the nonprofit. Anyway, but like, yeah, I I gave them like stuff for free because I wanted to start off on a good, I'm not saying you should do this, but that's what I do. But just, I wanted to show that I could play ball and be useful prior to them paying me. And, um, yeah, so after three months, they're like, hey, let's extend this and let's agree to give each other at least two months, two months notice if it's not going to work out. And I was like, well, that's unheard of. I've never heard of anyone saying two months notice on either side if you don't like something. So I was like, okay. And it was. And, and they paid me a very, very fair, more than fair. Um, and I had for like a monthly stipend, I guess. And um, I wanted it to go on forever, but at some point your child will finish the curriculum. <laughs> and, uh, learn slower, learn slower. Mommy oh. needs to make more money. <laughs> oh, oh my God. No, this is even accommodating like two months worth of me just going, hey, um, my life is on fire. Sorry. And they pay me for that. Because it's, I mean, when you go through, when you're teaching somebody something, like, it's not always going to be perfect. And so I think they liked the fact that it was illustrative of an actual experience of, like, the 40-year-old woman going through the dark places. So yeah, they got more than they bargained for. <laughs> yeah, and I, feel, and I feel like that authenticity, I think, sometimes gets lost now in like in influencer culture where it's like always perfect and we do all these things every day. And I'm like, no, you don't. You did, (laughs) you did all these fun things in one day where you had a photographer follow you around and then you can drip it out over like three months. Like I know how the sausage is made. Um, that's really, that's really neat that they were accommodating uh, and not just accommodating, but you know, accepting of the fact that you're a real mom and this is how, really teaching works. <laughs> yeah, they were, they're fantastic. And, um, I love them. I love them possibly more now than I did like a year and a half ago. They're like, they're just great, very responsive people. And, um, yeah, but the important thing about working with stage books, other than money, which was great, uh, is that it gave me confidence to a, it was a very good object lesson in like, hey, you idiot, you could have had this maybe a year or two earlier if you weren't such a punk about it and like, took the, the three hours I was racking my brain over writing this pitch email. Okay. <laughs> so, but now that I have this like template of what worked, I can, you can like work off of that, right? Um, so one, it was very good in terms of like, hey, you did you don't receive because you did not ask. Mm-hmm. And then two, that, oh, now someone's legit paying me. I can say I'm a paid writer. 
And I, I, I have done like sponsored posts beforehand, but it was just, it was hard. I, I didn't, it was harder for me. Yeah. It kind of, it kind of snowballs like those first couple of clients. If you get lucky and you get a really good client a couple for the first couple of times, that can really be a big confidence boost in, in moving forward. Um, yeah. And I was going to say, uh, from, you know, from my perspective as the, as an editor at Mochi, specific pitches are so much better. And I am, yeah. much, and I am much more likely to say yes to, you know, I don't know. I want to write about, this is something that we're going to publish here in the next few weeks. Like, Hey, I have a story about, you know, being tan as an Asian and navigating the beauty expectations on one side versus the other. That is much better and much more likely to get a yes than, hi, I want to write about identity. Like, no, like give me, give me something, <laughs> give me something specific to work with. Give me something specific to ask for. So when you're, I think when you're pitching projects or pitching articles, like have a specific ask. And that, I mean, that that's kind of, I've kind of been applying that principle across a lot of things, um, including redesigning my website. Like what, what's the one thing I want a person to do when they go to this page. One thing. Okay, I, yeah. I only pick one, which is really hard because I want to do everything all the time. But so that's been, that's been really informative for me. Um, so how do you, or do you, <laughs> how do you balance work and life and parenting and teaching? Um, typically I'm just really terrible at everything except maybe writing. I'm really good at that, I think. <laughs> everything else is just a shit. Um, oh, right. I never really answered the question before about when I do my work. I do my work at night. Okay. Um, I do my work at night. And so Brene Brown talks about, like, one of the most important decisions you can make for your career and family is your, who you choose as a partner. If you, if you so choose to have one, okay? You don't always get a choice. Um, and so... The main reason, other than my own, like, hard work or whatever, the main reason I can do what I want um, is because my spouse, my husband, is a really, really good support. It also helps that he has, like, no social life and no, like, hobbies. Um, <laughs> so, you know, and, and I kind of joke about this, but I feel like I did a really good job squashing, smashing all his hopes and dreams before we got married. So that we could have space for all my hopes and dreams now that we are married. <laughs> Listen to great relationship advice from Virginia, everyone. It's okay. So, Mine is not much better. My advice is not much better. So <laughs> There can only be space for one. Um, and it is me. And so, yeah, so my husband is really, really supportive. He works from home the majority of the time. Oh, my gosh. So you guys so, are like home together all the time. I mean, I don't see him. He's in his like okay. office. <laughs> I don't know. That sounds that sounds terrible to me. <laughs> really? It's great. It's great because then, like, there'll be certain days where I just I can't I cannot be in my house anymore, and uh, or I have a lot of work, or I'm too lazy. I don't know. Whatever, whatever reason. And my husband would be like, I was like, um, I know it's like Tuesday, but it's three o'clock. Can I just bounce? 
And you'd be like, okay. He's like not happy about it. Our children will just be zombied out on screens for the next like seven hours. Um, but yeah, but I'm not home. So that's all that matters to me. I'm like, I don't care what you do when I'm not at home. And so, so yes, so my husband is very supportive. And then two, I feel like I'm not too anal about what he does with the children. Right? Like, if I really cared about what he did with the children, then it might not work out, right? Because then I'd be like, hey, how come you're not doing X, Y, and Z when I'm gone? But I figure if I'm not there, it doesn't matter. I don't, like, short of doing, like, horrible things, like, those things are acceptable, right? Like, don't go bury cats in the backyard, like, but... Well, now I've just put that awful image in my head. I apologize. Um, <laughs> it's okay. So, yeah, so I, if that's... So there's no real balance um, for my husband, Um because he either works or is caring for his children. Um, but me, yeah, there's no real balance. It's just more of like, what do you choose to do? So I barely watch any television. Mm-hmm. And I used to read like 150 books a year. But I think this last year I read like three. Yeah. Yeah. And so. That's a good um, point. I think I think balance maybe is overused and it's not actually it's not actually super possible. I know. At least, at least once you add other human beings who are depending on you 24 hours a day. Um, yeah, you're right. You just, you kind of just have to choose what you do and don't do. I don't, I watch very little TV too, because well, I'm one, I'm in front of a screen most of the day, or at least it feels like most of the day anyway. So, but so yeah, no balance. <laughs> Sorry. It's okay. I think I think that's a good, I don't know, I think that's a good kind of myth to bust that, oh, you know, if you can just like find the right balance, you can have everything. It's like actually, no, you can't. Like you can either you can either do this or you can do that, but you cannot do both of them because we all have a finite amount of time. Yes. And, but I mean, you do, I, I don't mean to make it sound like I have no fun, uh, because, um, I stand BTS and trust me, I have made lots of time to consume thousands and thousands of hours of BTS in a week. So could I have better balance in terms of that? Sure. But why? <laughs> so, you know, you, but, but there are consequences, right? Like. If I choose to stay up to watch stuff, then I'm tired in the morning because my kids aren't like, oh, mommy had a late night, so I'm not going to bother her at seven. Yeah, that never happens. Ever, ever. Yeah. So, and so then I'm cranky and a jerk and uh, there are trade-offs. So we just I'm got tired. We just got our kid a, one of those okay to wake clock things because we actually just finally took the like, the we took his crib and turned it into like a bed that he could get in and out of himself finally after three and a half years because <laughs> well, he wasn't climbing out of it before. So I'm like, I'm just gonna leave it because why would I not? And so we, and so then, so then there was a couple of days where he was like getting out of bed a lot and we're like, okay, we're going to try this clock thing. And it's like sort of working, but it's also kind of backfiring because he has to, so like this okay to wait clock thing, it changes color based on like it's yellow when he can get up and play in his room and then it's green when he can get out of his room, but it's kind of backfiring a little bit because 
he will just announce at the top of his lungs, like, mommy, it's yellow. And I'm like, this is not what I wanted you to do with this, but at least you understand what it's supposed to mean. (laughs) Mommy, it's green. I'm coming out of my room now. I'm like, okay, let's just, so we're still working on the, like, just following it and not (laughs) broadcasting to the entire household that this is happening. But he's a communicator. That's, that's good. He's a communicator. He's also turning it. I mean, he's, he's more of a rule follower than I expected, which sounds great, but that also backfires sometimes. Cause it's like, like he won't do something unless X, Y, Z conditions are met. Oh, got it. And I suppose I have my scientist husband probably to thank for that. <laughs> if it makes you feel better. Most children start off that way, and then and then that disappears, and then they just don't care. So, yeah, it, it could just be a phase as he's trying to control his small world. Yes, and it's scary. yes. I've been trying to be more respectful of his little world because, you know, I have my agenda, but he has his too. So i I'm so late. I've been teaching him like, if I say, "Hey, it's time to go," he's been saying, "No, I need to finish." building whatever. So I'm like, okay, can you just tell me, wait a minute, mommy, which I'm sure I will hate myself for <laughs> about a week, but this is me trying to respect my child's personhood. Give me, give me some credit. <laughs> um, you wanted, do you want to talk about, um, you said you wanted to discuss how to manage multiple freelancing gigs. Oh, yes. If someone could tell me that, that would be great. <laughs> so what kind of specific, kind of tell me what your specific scenario is like. Oh, right. Oh, that'd, that'd be so um, currently, I have my own writing that I want to do, which I usually um, shove to the back burner because that's not paid. Um, so I try to do paid work first for obvious reasons <laughs> to not get fired. <laughs> Um, I have a, um, a freelance, like a regular freelance opportunity at uh, mom.com. So I have to write a minimum five SEO articles uh, a month. So that takes about like one and a quarter a week, right? Mm-hmm. Which isn't bad. And once I figured out their like sweet spot algorithm, it's been a lot easier. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have that. Uh, I do social Twitter for a conference called Mom 2.0, which all these things are new. So I, I put these um, because I knew my sweet, awesome gig with Sagebooks was ending uh, at the end of August, back in like May, June, I like totally freaked out and started to like hustle for the first time. I mean, not the first time, but for a while, first time in a while. And so I reached out to like Mochi, I reached out to like the Virgin Mag. Um, because I was like, okay, well, if I'm not going to get paid, then I have free time to like try new things and learn new things. Um, so, um, so I also have those. Like, um, I think I am. I contribute occasionally to the Virgin Magazine, and then um, I have now been roped into being an editor. I don't. I haven't done really anything for that yet, but apparently, you're the de facto entertainment editor. Oh, is that what I? <laughs> I now crown you. <laughs> and by entertainment, you mean K-pop related. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah. So, and and I think I feel like I can 
I feel like I'm too grabby at mochi, but until you tell me to stop, I'm gonna. <laughs> so. I, will, I will basically never tell anyone to stop if they want to write stuff, so. <laughs> well, Mochi Magazine is going to be the reason why I'm going to meet BTS sometime in the future, so I'm, I'm keeping this up. So I do that, uh, and then I'm, Sagebooks actually just hired me again to uh, add in their Facebook group. Perfect. Yes, because it's easy. <laughs> and so those those types of things, like Facebook, Twitter, um, that's stuff you can do during the day, right? Like it's not like me approving someone to join a group is not something I have to like carve out time to do. Right. Like, right. I can do that while I'm pooping. Not that I have. But I could. <laughs> hypothetically. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. Because that's not gross or anything. This is a very revelatory podcast. I feel. <laughs> All the secrets to freelancing. Admin groups while you poop. Exactly, <laughs> so. exactly. Actually, I just got invited to something called, to speak at something called the Toilet Seat Summit. Um, which is, you know, I mean, it's, it's kind of a, the, the name is kind of a joke with like, you know, everyone's always like five figures from your bedroom, six figures from the beach. And they're like, well, how about seven figures from your toilet seat? So that's what I'm working on right now. But anyway, so you sounds like you have some like ongoing lower level stuff. And then you also have the things that maybe require a little bit more concentration. Um, yeah. like the SEO articles, that kind of, I'm kind of the same way. Like I can do admin stuff during the day, kind of on the fly. I, I try to build in like designated times to kind of go and check in just cause I don't want to be on my phone all day long. Um, but then I have blocks for, you know, when, when my kid is at preschool, usually, you know, or napping, which is about, to, which I think is about to end soon, which is very sad for me. But, um, you know, I set those designated blocks for those specific, more brain intensive activities. Um, do you, could you write those five articles for mom.com in a week? Like do um, every night? I would if, um, if they gave it to me. Mm, okay. So you're waiting. So you're still waiting for the, can you see? Yeah. yeah. I've, I've been kind of experimenting with like, like extreme time blocking where I do like one project for a week or one type of work for a week. It has, it's been going pretty well actually. Yeah. Yeah. Because at least for me, like I lose a lot of, not a lot, but I lose enough time and energy and focus, like switching from thing to thing where I'm just like, where that, if I'm like, okay, this week I'm going to record like this week, literally I'm going to record four podcasts and I'm just going to live in podcast land for the week. Um, I, I burn a little bit less like sideways energy doing that. Um, I don't know that it would work for everybody, but, um, I mean, that's something, I guess if you can't, if they, if you don't get the assignments ahead of time, that's a little bit harder to do, but can you set like some kind of routine where like, Monday night is mom.com night and, um, you know, Tuesday night is, and you have to make time for your own content. Um, I kind of tend to do that in rampages now too, because I just am a rampage person, I guess. Um, but I don't know, having a designated day to be like, this is 
Virginia's blog day and, 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 and could you be flexible with that? Sure. But, you know, ha- just having that set ahead of time can put it on your calendar, put it on your schedule, treat, treat yourself like a client, um, mm-hmm. which is really, really hard to do, I feel like, but I, <laughs> um, I would be interested. I learned recently about a, I don't know if it's like personality typing or just kind of how you respond, but there's, there's four different types and it's based on, uh, external expectations and internal expectations. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like you, you, like most people, um, and like me, you respond to external expectations. So if someone's paying you, if someone is meeting you there, if somebody has a deadline, somebody else sets a deadline for you, you're like, yeah, I will do that. I will be there for that. But then in, (coughs) but then internal expectations like, oh, I want to write this blog post for my blog, or I want to exercise or I want to, you know, we tend to ignore the internal expectations. I know that's how I operate. I don't know if that resonates with you or not. Yeah, I'm pretty externally motivated, but I used to be, for before I got all the paid gigs, I was pretty internally motivated in the sense that I, I knew I was going to post every Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And then I was like, okay. And then when I started talking about Chinese stuff, I said every Friday I'm going to talk about Chinese stuff. Because I I do like schedules. I do like um, set things so that I have expectations. So in terms of like time blocking, um, in general, like Tuesday, Thursday, Fridays, nights, I go out to write. And then all weekend, like depending on what I can beg, borrow, steal from my husband. Um, And I usually just, if I'm not completely wasting that time, which happens sometimes. Um, I just try to look at my upcoming deadlines and write towards those. Um, but yeah, like I, you're right. I, I do tend to prioritize the paid stuff because you get paid, and you don't want to get you want to continue getting paid. Sure. Uh, but it actually sounds a little bit like you might be you might actually be more internally motivated. Um, but then kind of when the external expectations come on, you're like, okay, well, I got to do these ones too. Um, I wonder if, yeah, I wonder if there could be a way to kind of tap into your motivation, your internal motivation, um, both for the external, both for the external jobs that pay and also for your personal things that would, um, kind of putting, kind of putting those two under the same, kind of treating those mentally the same, you know, where you treat yourself like a client for one night a week or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll think about that. Um, because I, I, I don't know, I guess I feel like some of the, um, it's hard to explain. I feel like a lot of the things that I had worked towards getting, I got mm-hmm. recently. Mm-hmm. So I really wanted to be paid to write, and now I now I am. Mm-hmm. And uh, and oh, I, I didn't mention that I just also got another job to do like to manage social media and influencers for like a, a very tiny startup. Mm-hmm. And again, it's a temporary thing. So like I don't because a lot of things are so new to me right now. Like I'm not quite sure if it's going to be a problem. If it's not going to be a problem. Mm-hmm. Like, 
I feel like a lot of new things have started in September, you know, so, or, and are going to be starting in October. Mm-hmm. So, like, I, it's, it's a weird transition period of, like, I don't remember if I used to, if I can still work well, you know, juggling different things. Right? Uh, yeah, so all these things are really new. And, and, I, and so I feel like everything that I used to do that was internally motivated, like, okay, I want to write on a schedule so that people, I can show myself that I can write on a schedule, that I can meet internal deadlines. So I feel like I did all these internally motivated things. Like, okay, I edited my own book. I put it together. I pushed it out. I, you know, made really crappy artwork for it. Um, but whatever, it's out. Um, you know, I, I, I signed, I, like, I gave myself all these, like, goals that no one was paying me for, things that I wanted to do, which, which I do, I still do set these goals. Um, for the, for, and I set these so that someone could pay me to do these things, right? Yeah. So now I feel like I, or, or at least, Higher, like whether you're paid in terms of like money or like experience, um, so I feel like now I've I've hit the part where I was trying to get to, right? It sounds like um, you might need to set some new internal goals. Yeah, <laughs> okay. and um, but, and those could maybe even those could be related to the external work. Like, okay, I'm going to I'm going to turn my stuff in before deadline, you know. Like that could be an internal goal that is still related to your external work. It makes you better at doing your external work, but that's kind of like an internal goal post for yourself that nobody else mm-hmm. is going to really care about. Right. Or they might. They, I mean, I'm sure they Yeah, they do. I'm sure they'll be very happy um, to get things early. They do. Um, I, try to, uh, I try to turn in um, paid work earlier than expected. And uh, especially writers, um, Editors love that. Yes, we do. Please, everybody. Mochi um, <laughs> Nag has not experienced this because it's only paid in entertainment. <laughs> but so I apologize to Melody. <laughs> but um, but yeah, for like mom mom.com and then for other places, I tried to turn it in earlier, and they I they've actually thanked me. Yeah, um, yeah. For because they want to work with someone who's dependable and easy, mm-hmm. right? Sure. Like, um, so, oh yeah, so this would be one thing is I've tried to make myself as turnkey of a writer as possible, which sounds so like dead inside, but I like it, it sounds like such a like corporate thing to say. But that's, but the, mar- it, that's like, the mark of professionalism though, is like, are you, are you easy to work with? Yeah. Um, and do you make the process easy for the client or for the publication? Yeah. So that's what I've tried to do, to, to be early. I, I try to be like a day early. Mm-hmm. And not that they, you have time to look at your stuff, but it's meaningful. And again, it's an internal sort of signpost for yourself. Like, yeah, I made my own deadline for this. Or you could set some kind of, I don't know, how many, I want to get into five new publications before X time. Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> Um, but it, 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 it sounds to me like you are, you are actually more motivated by internal goals and expectations. So maybe, yeah, maybe play around with that and set some of those internal goals. Like I will write for 30 minutes a day on my stuff. I don't know, whatever it is. Um, and those can be related to your external goals or they can just be for yourself and 
Mm -hmm. I wonder if that might make a difference for you. Uh, toddler incoming at this morning. <laughs> well, it sounds like our time is up. It sounds like your family is starting up, <laughs> booting up. Yay. So thank you so much for speaking with us. And I hope you have a wonderful day. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Talk to you soon. Right. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to Chief Executive Ante. You can find show notes, resource links, and more Ante rants at chiefexecutiveante.com. That's chiefexecutiveauntie.com. Special thanks to Sue Ann Shaw, who mixed and mastered this episode and composed the music, Alyssa De La Rosa, who created the branding, and my distribution partner, Mochi Magazine. Check out more stories for Asian American women at www.mochimag.com. That's M-O-C-H-I-M-A-G.com. See you next time.